I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the Power 365 show, where I interview staff at Microsoft across the Power Platform and Dynamics 365 technology stack. I hope you'll find this podcast educational and inspire you to do more with this great technology. Now, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Washington in the United States, working at Microsoft. He's a senior program manager. As always, links to things like LinkedIn, Twitter, bios, etc. will be in the show notes of this episode, so check them out on the app that you're listening with. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Good to have you on the show. Tell us a bit about uh, what you do outside of Microsoft. When you're not working, what does it look like for you there? In, uh, are you in Seattle, Redmond? What, what particular area are you in? Yeah, so I actually moved to San Francisco with my fiance about wow. three or four weeks ago. So, so cool. It's super exciting kind of readjusting to having mm-hmm. sunlight and things like that, though I said it was quite <laughs> sunny in the summer. Um, yeah. So I've been getting into actually discovering new hobbies, figuring out what to do in the area. Um, I live next to a, a bouldering gym, so I've been trying to check that out a bit more frequently, like rock climbing stuff. Wicked, um, wicked. It's been super fun, though I've like destroyed my, my, my fingers a little bit, but it's been yeah. super nice. And so looking into discovering you know, new, new social circles, new hobbies, stuff like that. I think one of the big ones for me is that I've gotten really into cooking recently. Nice. Um, I, I used to watch a lot of cooking YouTube back in Seattle. Mm-hmm, I lived mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in Capitol Hill, which is like the central district between like so many restaurants. And so it was always like, yeah, I can make food that tastes really bad or mm-hmm. walk 10 feet and get really good food. My new area in San Francisco uh, has quite quite a few less restaurants, and so I've been trying to like craving and recreating the taste of, of the restaurants I loved in Seattle. So I've been getting really into that recently. That's cool. That's cool. And I mean, San Fran is such an awesome city, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's sure. epic. I mean, I love Seattle and I spent a lot of time there, but boy, I really enjoyed my time in San Fran. And there's there's just so much for you to do, right? Yeah, for sure. It's it's super awesome. Like there's like hikes right in the middle of the city. There's mm. a beautiful pier. Um, yeah. We're still kind of exploring all the nearby areas, like, you know, Santa Cruz is nearby on the beach and the boardwalk down there. Mm-hmm, There's that beautiful mm-hmm. big sur slash drive slash hike, right? Stuff like that. So we're still new, looking for things to do. So excited nice. to kind of discover more about it. It's definitely been a fantastic move. I'm glad to be here. I love it. I love it. So tell us a bit about your area of specialty inside Microsoft. What do you own? What do you look after? What's type to, you know, what's the top of mind thing that you're focusing on? Yeah, for sure. So within Power Apps, which is our low-code application platform, my team kind of lives within the group that owns the the mobile experiences and the AI experiences, right? And so my team in particular within that group is focused on our kind of native capabilities. And so that includes things like mixed reality, include things like geospatial. We also sort of kind of growing that into things like barcode scanning and NFC scanning and other device sensors like that. But our, our primary focus historically has been the mixed reality stuff. And so that's kind of where my expertise lies. Um, actually, my career and even in, in college, I, I kind of did mixed reality and, and virtual reality, augmented reality stuff that, then. So it's kind of a, it's an area of both passion for me and of course my work area, which is a nice kind of overlap there. So it's been really exciting to kind of, it, it kind of enable that mission of how do we democratize a super awesome, super powerful technology like mixed reality for everyone to use through, through things like low code. 
I like it. I like it. Now, one thing I want to clear up straight away, and it's a, it's a misconception that I have had in the past, is that when you hear that Microsoft talk about mixed reality, we all of a sudden, you know, I definitely have done this. I've defaulted over to, oh, so HoloLens is what we're talking about. We're obviously not talking about HoloLens here. We're talking about everything outside of potentially HoloLens from a mixed reality geospatial capabilities expe- uh, perspective. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. I think there's some fantastic work in Microsoft going on in HoloLens, and you can actually mm-hmm, do some, mm-hmm. some stuff about bringing power apps to HoloLens, like in Guides, Dynamics for Guides. You can mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. bring power apps as, in as, a, as a part of your, your steps within Guides on the HoloLens as well. But but my team focuses more on that idea of, once again, democratizing mixed reality for everyone, right, through the mm-hmm, code. Mm-hmm. And there just aren't enough HoloLens devices right now for everyone to get their hands on one, right? Totally, you know, it's, it's totally. It's definitely a limited hardware thing. So we're really focused on specifically mobile augmented reality as, as a piece within, within mixed reality. And so how can you use your phone and your phone sensors and your tablet and your tablet sensors to kind of get a better understanding of physical space and use mixed reality to kind of empower business work? So to take this into the practical world, because sometimes I know people are like, you know, so what are the use cases? So since you and I last talked, I'll be responding to a, a big RFP around waste management for a city and the mobile experience around that, right? And so you take that bin collection or rubbish collection locations are all over the city. And so there's geospatial points and then the toughened device and the and the driver of the truck, we can have now visually identify the bin. Where's the code on the bin that they their their actual truck uh, scans it, the NFC code? So what was the exact time of pickup? Did it happen? So it, all that and of course this totally fits. Like a whole part of our response is this whole mixed reality barcode scanning uh, as you say and being able to you know where where trash locations are in unique spots we can overlay that and say hey yeah it's actually down here around this alley down the corner that's where you'd find it we can provide now all that so there's not kind of callbacks from the drivers to you know dispatcher where is this how is it can actually all come up now on their device yeah, for sure. It's one of those super cool things that we see around that those kind of frontline first line worker workflows that's pretty common is that combination of using your device's location, using its ability to detect barcodes, NFC, and so on, and, and using its ability to kind of overlay stuff in, in the real world for mixed reality as, as well. I would say the one particular part you talk about for mixed reality there, wayfinding, like route wayfinding, like indoor mm-hmm. wayfinding, is still technology that we're kind of working through. You know, it's one of those things that yep, we yep. can record a very spatially aware video as you mark up the space and walk through through kind of mm-hmm. a markup and a our control but the idea of like you know you take out your phone and it says hey turn left and then right and then turn right and then there's little arrows in the physical space right we we don't quite do that yet it's something that's like really cool out there and there's a bunch of technology being invested in by microsoft to make that more possible right if you're familiar with kind of the the mesh announcement or azure yes. spatial anchors as a part of that right like that's that's the the end goal of those technologies for sure is to enable that kind of live mapping where you combined you know gps coordinates with mixed reality overlays to make this super cool scenario but it's once again you know a little bit of future tech. And, and for us, we, we think about mixed reality as uh, another tool in your tool belt, really, right? Mm-hmm. So like measuring things, visualizing content on real world scale, stuff like that. And so it's definitely, don't get me wrong, it's all things that we're super excited about and, and really looking to, to bring to the space. Um, uh, but I just want to caution that some of that stuff you can't do right yeah. now on Power Apps today, you know? <laughs> and so and so when we look at the enablement surface that you're working with, are you is Power Apps that tool or are you also seeing it being used in things like the field service, you know, part of dynamics. Where where do you really see the area that you are seeing customers adopt right now in the mixed reality space? What is that surface that they're generally working with? 
Yeah. So most of our customers today are, are building Canvas apps in particular. So power apps and Canvas apps. Mm-hmm. They're doing things like, you know, they're part of a, a, a major network that has to do building inspections and they will need to audit to make sure it's accessible or make sure that it, it follows specific criteria or compliance guidelines. And so they make sure things like, you know, your doorways of, of a certain threshold size or it's high mm-hmm. enough or the doorknob's not too far off the ground or your the total square footage you have in your bathroom stall even is, is, is big enough, right? And so they can use they use mixed reality to make that process much faster and, and, and much less painful for their workers, right? Rather mm-hmm. than having to, you know, take out your tape measure and go crawl on the ground and make sure your doorways, you know, two feet at least or whatever. You just yeah. take out your phone, kind of wiggle it a little bit. It's camera figures out where everything is, then you can just measure on the ground automatically. And it because it's integrated within the power apps, you can write business logic on top of these measured things. You can you can automatically generate, you know, a check mark if it's if it follows compliance or an X right. doesn't. You can turn that into a compliance report that you send up to your supervisor automatically you can even provide very specific guidance that's like hey like this didn't quite match the thing can you verify if you can do these steps to fix it in the moment right and you can generate work orders like that so that kind of integration with that business logic through power apps is is super powerful with mixed reality as well Um, and and there's a couple other scenarios that we see as well but that that's one of the the kind of key pieces we see so you've mentioned that one area around building inspection what are the other type of use cases or even industries that you're seeing as the adopters of this technology yeah, for sure. I think one of the big ones is consumer packaged goods or retail, kind of that mm-hmm. same industry where it's the idea of how do we enable sellers to have better conversations? If you're, you know, a person who distributes, let's say chips and other snacks and you have to go to mm-hmm. a grocery store, or a, a pharmacy and say, hey, we want to put this display stand in here and help you sell more chips and drive pass through and all that stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff you can't talk about with just a picture or a video where you say, hey, look, it's my display stand. It looks really cool, right? Like mm-hmm. that's great and all, but what we found is that mixed reality helps sellers close more deals, close deals faster and close larger deals because they can have a much higher fidelity conversation about yeah. the, the, the product. They can say, hey, look, here's exactly how this will look in your space. Here's how it plays with lines of sight and egress. Here's how it looks next to this other thing. Here's that real world scale. And these this ability to have conversation really unblocks unblocks doors. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we have we have people giving us feedback that's like, yeah, like if it wasn't for the ability to show my product in the customer space, they were they were a hard no beforehand. They said, hey, I don't think you know your big chain retailer thing will look good in my tiny like mom and pop shop. And they, and they say yeah. no. They're like, hey, just give me one chance to show me exactly the space you have available. I'll show you what that product looks like. Right there. And they're like, you know what? Actually, if you just made this black and white, I think it look perfect. Or like, oh, if you make this little change here, I think it'll look right. great. They, they can capture that all. They can do that and kind of helps drive sales. And so that that retail scenario is super important. I, I think also in part because of that post sales process as well, right? You have folks mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. you know, if you've ever been a part of that workflow before, you say, okay, you and I, as the, let's say we're the seller and the, and the buyer, yeah. the store manager, we agree, like, let's put the cooler right here, right? But then I have to go tell my, my installation team, yeah, when you show up at the shop in three weeks, like the cooler goes, you know, two feet from the door and it's like at this 30 degree angle off the shelf. And it's like, it's like right here, man. Like it's, and it's all written mm-hmm, down, mm-hmm, right? There's mm-hmm. no real record of that. And so there's a lot of post-sales installation mistakes that happen as a result of that that method of communication. But with mixed reality, you can literally be like, yeah, here's a picture of exactly yep. where the product should be, exactly where you and I as the shop, the shop manager and the owner agree. And then when the station team gets it, they can they can see that. They can see it mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, context, mm-hmm. in world scale and, and install it right there. And so it kind of helps with that post-sales process, driving increased satisfaction as well, which is super nice. So are you creating 3D models that can then, as you say, turn your camera on, go into a space, and there would be constraints on those models? For So for example... Let's say their space was only, I'll put it in your terms, four foot wide, and your device was, I won't use metric, um, and and let's say uh, your device was uh, six foot wide, 
or your shelving or your display, et cetera, there's no way that you could go, oh, I'll just visually make that four foot wide and fit within a space. I assume there's a whole bunch of constraints, et cetera, that you can make sure that how this visually appears in a landscape or, or, or in a field of view doesn't allow you to display something that looks good visually, but actually physically is impossible. Yeah, for sure. That's like the benefit of mixed reality. We have uh, this thing called occlusion, which is where the camera can see when something's in the way and kind of handle that programmatically, right? And Mm -hmm, give mm -hmm. you kind of notification of that. Um, And then when you're inside of it as well. We do support different features for things like scaling. So one of the things that conversations that do happen is like, well, what if this shelf was just a little bit smaller, right? Because people can yeah. customize their products in many cases. And so they can yeah, use their yeah, yeah. you know, typical pinch to zoom features to make yep, it smaller yep, or yep. bigger and visualize it that way. Um, and then also, you know, around the idea of 3D content, I, I think one of the misconceptions of mixed reality and this particular workflow in general is that you need really high fidelity models that you've pre-made mm-hmm. that are, you know, made by a custom third-party house that specializes in that, which which you can do. Don't get me wrong. Like those are, yeah, yeah, like yeah. when you talk about sales, those are super helpful, but you don't need to have that. Like we support this ability where you can say, hey, I have an image of what the front of my shelf looks like. And I know that my mm-hmm. shelf is going to be two feet by one feet by, by four feet using our evil imperial system, I guess. <laughs> and so when you do that, like you can, we, we generate that that back for you. And so you can you can see what that image looks like with depth and still those same great conversations around, you know, lines of sight and egress and does it fit here and how does it look without having the need for the super high fidelity 3D content. You just need an image, right? Um, and then we also support any, you know, we support different file formats too. So if you happen to have content that you use for, you know, STL, which is very common in 3D printing or manufacturing or, mm-hmm. or OBJ, which is just common across the board as a shared file format, right? We support that as well as GLB. And so we're, we're pretty flexible with how we support content. And then we also support connectors. Once again, the great power of power apps, yep. we have a built-in connector to what's called um, to a 3D model gallery called CG Trader. They're one of mm-hmm. the largest kind of 3D model galleries that exists that has both free and paid content. We have a built-in mm-hmm. connector to them. And so you can build in 3D content that way or you can use it you can of course build a connector to any service that you have that you use for 3d content and use it as your content provider that way and so or you can use dataverse and upload your files that way or you can use sharepoint or any of the connectors and so that kind of 3d content library is like pretty easy to to build and support and to manage thanks to the power of you know the connector ecosystem that we have within power apps and so it's, it's mm-hmm. all you know designed for that purpose and, and built for that purpose and so it's, it's it's hopefully a pretty nice experience for folks we think it's pretty good but your feedback is of course always welcome nice so we've looked at building inspections we've looked at retail has been great use cases. Any others that are kind of top of mind? Yeah, I would say the last two are estimations and inspections. So estimations mm-hmm. isn't really like an industry per se, but I think it's a very a common scenario. So to give an example, you might be doing some kind of like kitchen renovation as like a, as a you know, a, a company that does that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And so as a part of that, you have to go replace the flooring, but you want to give a quote to the customer about how much it'll cost to replace that flooring. Um, and mm-hmm. so you can use, you know, the measurement control once again to go measure these kind of non-regular surfaces, like someone's mm-hmm. floor in their room, mm-hmm. you know, cut out the islands, cut out the different shapes, you know, all that stuff. And then we do the math to be like, yeah, this is, you know, 426 square feet, right? We, or how many nice. square meters you want to have. And so yep. you can use that measurement to do area and volume as well. Um, and mm-hmm. so you can you can do estimations that way. Like another common scenario is that you have to estimate how much it'll it'll how much paint it'll take to replace the wall, or how how much it'll cost mm-hmm. to re, you know renew a painting or something like that, right? These kind of different area estimations are very important, right? Um, and that ties in a little bit to that first thing of of, inspe- of uh, building inspections as well, which is the idea of auditing. Mm-hmm. That's the idea where it's like I need to like I contractually am obligated to this much shelf space. Let me go make mm-hmm. sure that I'm getting that right. You can you can measure that out as well. Um, yeah. And then for the the second story I just mentioned, which is inspections, right? There's the clear examples of things like you're the technician repairing an ATM and you want to see what the guts of that ATM look like without taking it apart. 
You can drop yep. in a 3D model. You can see that scale. It'll animate. You can kind of see the inside, stuff like that, right? So that, that's mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. example. And then recently we released a new control card, Markup in MR. Let's you mm-hmm. paint lines and 3D arrows in space. And so you can use this to kind of, you know, let's say you're like, oh, hey, like I'm inspecting this water cooler. There's an issue with the way that it's configured right now. Let me say, hey, go turn this gear and go write this pump here. And so if you're familiar with Remote Assist yep. as a product, right, they have that same capability. We've brought that kind of the offline parts of that, not the calling bits, but the, mm-hmm. the drawing lines and drawing arrows into Power Apps as a standalone component. So you can do that as well. Nice. And so, so when we look at that, those surfaces I talked about before, so all these controls are available right now in PowerApp Studio. That's correct. They're part of the standard Office license as well. And so as long mm-hmm. as you have access to Office, you have access to, assuming it's not, of course, blocked in your tenant, assuming you have yeah. access to Office, you have access to PowerApps, and then you have access to our controls. And so if you go into the insert pane, they're, they're mm-hmm. right there under the mixed reality section in the insert pane. There's also a couple of controls also available in the media one, but we kind of duplicate them with different names to make sure that people discover them and find them. But they're all there in the mixed reality section. So so because it's in there, I take it that all the tool sets are available as part of um, the business output. So for example, when you gave that floor estimation, in my mind straight away, I'm like, hey, I know you know how contractors work in the space. They need to allow for wastage. They need to allow, if, if their tiles are going on the floor and there's a weird shape, we're going to have to use you know, maybe two tiles that where only dimensionally it's only one tile, but they're going to do it. Be, so I take it with things like Power Automate as part of the story, you could actually make sure all those business rules were honored based on what the application was going to be used for. Yeah, for sure. You can, the, the, the controls themselves have sets of output properties that give mm-hmm. you everything that we have in, in terms of control. So you, you, let's say you measure 12 different lines that make up a, a polygon of sorts, right? We give you each of the, the XY coordinates of each of those mm-hmm. lines, as well as the total area that we've estimated, we calculated based off of the polygon itself, as well as the different shapes and all those things. So you have those, all those output properties. And so you could, you could take those. You can write a, a, an automate flow or some PowerFX logic in your Power App and use that to run a bunch of rules. Like, hey, like if it's you know not quite at the right angle, do X Y Z. Otherwise, do A B C. Otherwise, do you know whatever. And you can write these logics to make pretty complex you know I guess mathematical formulas in a sense to figure out exactly what to do here and, and to render it that way. So we we fully support like it's it's all it's all up to you, right? We'll give you all the numbers yeah. you need and you can do whatever you want with that data. And so yeah, we yeah, give yeah. you literally everything that we have, and so to the precision that we have it as well. And so we we do that. Tell me, have you seen anything out in the market where people have taken these tools and without mentioning the companies, et cetera, that are you like, oh, wow, this is what we intended? Yeah, I definitely think the the first one I mentioned around the building audits is one where it was yeah. it was surprising how fantastic that was. Like getting the the workers to talk to us about that was it was fantastic, right? Like I think the one of the big things as part of, you know, what's called ADA compliance in America, which is the Americans with Disability Act, is like you yep. have to make sure that toilet stalls and other bathrooms are mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. compliance, right? This is not really the most fun job in the world to go take out a tape measure and make sure that like your single stall is up to date. And so them being able to just take out their phone and just do it and it like automatically generate the report. Like they, they have one from like the super paper heavy process. So if you walk in there, you get a tape measure, you write it down, mm-hmm. you go take that paper you've written into and like, you know, fax it to someone who puts it into an Excel sheet and then tells you two weeks later that actually you mismeasured it probably, right? Mm-hmm. You have to go back and double check that, right? Like they, we turned all that into a single digitally transformed process where they just use mixed reality, right? And so yes. it was it was crazy to see, you know, like because we we actually didn't give them that much guidance. They like reach out once and we're like, oh hey, like there's a bug. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh cool. And we fixed it. And they're like six months later, they're like, oh, you want to check out our app? And we're like, 
I'm sorry, what? Like, um, it was like this really beautiful, like integrated Wicked. system that we saw. And so I, I really love that one. And then another one that I really liked in, in that same vein actually was um, this company that does um, repairs, like restorations. And so mm-hmm, they mm-hmm, go mm-hmm. into a house or a building or whatever that's been affected by like fire or by flooding or by other disasters, right? And they have to go figure out how much will it cost to like repair your rugs and like replace your carpeting and fix your walls and all that stuff. And they, they built this like beautiful like inventory and auditing system through that control as well, which is super nice to see. I love it. I love it. Tell me a bit more, um, and we'll, we'll finish on this area, as around the geospatial capabilities. Kind of what are the key points that people need to be aware of around the geospatial capabilities? Yeah, it's it's a pretty rich set of capabilities that are also, I would say, fairly table stakes in the market when you think about it, right? There's a, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. a very common address input control. So you type in, you know, the first half of your address and it completes the rest of it and gives you the, the latitude and longitude of that and all the mm-hmm. different split out pieces, like which one's the like the municipality and which one's the country yep. and all that stuff. Um, that one's, you know, I, I would say fairly self-explanatory and how it works. And it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. It's very smooth. It's simple. It works, you know. Um, the map gets a bit more feature rich in how it operates and that kind of makes it a little bit more complex to use. But the payoff is, I think, quite nice if you kind of use it for these complex scenarios as well, where we support effectively all the things that Azure Maps does to an extent, right? And anything mm-hmm. that, that, we, mm-hmm. that we don't support that Azure Maps does, if there's a if we can unblock you with some scenario for that, we're happy to bring that in, right? It's it's definitely built on top of the, the Azure Map capabilities. Um, and so it's things like you can drop a bunch of pins, you can customize those pins, colors and icons and so on. And so if you're doing, for example, COVID management back in, back in mm-hmm. I guess, currently, but also back in the day, um, you can see things like you can colorize the icons by number of cases. You can change the, yep. the, the icon based off of what type of building it is or what type of case it is. You can do all that kind of stuff, right? We also support uh, info cards. So if you click on a pin, you can pull up detailed information about that, including things like a URL, a hyperlink mm-hmm. to turn-by-turn directions that open up in your 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 you know mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. OS's favorite application. Um, you know, pictures, like call phone, tap phone numbers, full names, etc. You can pull all the information there. We support routing. Um, so you can mm-hmm. you can give yourself an optimized route between multiple waypoints to figure out you know the travel the classic traveling salesman problem for example and you can mm-hmm. of course combine that with the previous features you have like custom pins be like oh yeah like here are my top five opportunities for the day that I need to go visit what's the best order to go visit them what's my estimated time of traffic all that kind of good stuff love it um, and then we support polygons um, so you can draw you know areas and radiuses and we'll give you back like the calculated circumference and distance and areas and all that stuff and so if you're familiar with GeoJSON right there's a bunch of publicly mm-hmm. available GeoJSON data sets for things like state lines you can bring that in and use that for territory management you can build your okay. own right GeoJSON and stuff like that and then Something we added recently, which I is, is small, but I think cool, is we added different map stylings now. So you can have a dark mm-hmm. mode map, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm, and so you mm-hmm. can do like dark theme. And so uh, lots of lots of great stuff there. Um, it, it's pretty, like I said, like feature rich and, and table stakes. And so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, there's a little bit of, of nuance to getting data set mm-hmm. PCF controls to work in power. So once you get past that kind of little nuance, it's, it's a super powerful control that we nice. could be using. Have you seen anyone light up ArcGIS data or ESRI data inside inside it? Yeah, there's been some people who have kind of taken ArcGIS data and put it into GeoJSON and use that on that. They have like a separate service that converts that and and converts Mm -hmm. back into that that they use. I've seen Mm -hmm. that before um, for territory management in particular, right? And then there's some conversations going on about how can we do like like global positioning data to do intelligence on top of like satellite tiles, which like people are looking yep. at. There's I, I've yep. never I haven't seen something in production, but like things like can we use satellite images plus the Azure Map capabilities to give you a to give like a forest firefighter an area to go forest fight, right? Because we can take yep. that from the cloud, right? And so there's really cool stuff yeah. happening in, in the geospatial space that's like all going to eventually 
bring its powerful services into Power Apps and make it low code accessible. So we're looking forward to that, but nothing, like nothing too, too existy right now, you know, very much future thinking. Awesome. Anthony, if people want to go and develop their skills in this area and, and get up to speed, what are the resources you recommend they go look at? Yeah, there's a couple. So there's, of course, our official documentation that exists and is published. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much technical knowledge, right? What are the properties? What are the exact inputs, outputs? What does that look like? We have a couple of how-to guides as well within our documentation. That's kind of in a different section, but still it's not official documentation. Then we've published some MS Learn tutorials as well. So if you look up building mobile applications with 3D, you'll see a guide there. We also have blog posts that have sample applications and feature releases and stuff like that. So if you look up like you know, improving sales with mixed reality power apps. I think it shows up as one of the top results in search engines. And so you can, you can use that as well. And then, you know, as always, there's a super with power apps in particular, there's a super vibrant community. And so folks have released really cool videos of how to leverage the MR and GeoSwitch controls to do really cool things. And so that's always, a, if, you're, if you're more of a, a visual video learner, there's a bunch of great stuff there as well. I like it. Anthony, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 Guy. If there's a guest you'd like to see on the show from Microsoft, please message me on LinkedIn. If you want to be a supporter of the show, please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 Guy. How will you create on the Power Platform today? Ciao.